Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Go. We're back in the rugby dungeon, gentlemen. Hello, Timothy. What a weekend to be an Englishman. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this podcast. Well, what, what a weekend to be a Welshman as well. Yeah. We'll weirdly. have to get one of those in to do the podcast <laughs> with us. Uh, right, let's get hands in pod on three then, boys. Hands in pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. pod. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three mates that love the game and are here to talk about it once again. As I mentioned, I'm Tim, JB is to my left. Hello Tim. To his left in the rugby dungeon, Phil. Hello Tim. Phil, uh, nice bit of stash there. My uh, South Africa shirt. Yeah, because you're I'm, off to South Africa soon. I'm, yeah, I'm getting some wear out of it because a couple of weeks time I'll be there. Oh, I'm so jealous. So Actually, jealous. yeah, two weeks today I will be enjoying <laughs> a... A uh, nice glass of white wine in Cape Town. I'm a little bit jealous. I'm not that jealous because I'll be in uh, San Francisco, Yosemite, Pacific Highway and uh, LA. So, you know. Yeah, that does sound pretty good as well. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Uh, JB, you're fiddling with something. What are you doing? I'm doing all sorts of things. Really important technical stuff. Why? I, what, what? <laughs> Can I just remind you, boys, how are you feeling about the fact that this time next week we will have done a live podcast in Bucharest to uh, with over 100 fellow egg chasers? Uh, yeah, it's a crazy idea, but it's going to happen. Uh, so best get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to the idea. Uh, I'm still a little bit nervous that something could go I'm, horrifically wrong. I've always dreamt of doing a live podcast in the past. If that makes sense. <laughs> having done, you dream about having just done a live podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. To those people that are making the trip, uh, bon voyage, very safe journey, and we will see you in Bucharest. Uh, to people that are going to be following it, uh, you can find us on Instagram. It's Egg Chasers Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast, and on Facebook, Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, where we are currently streaming live now. Uh, and wherever you are on that, leave your thoughts, comments, uh, pictures, whatever else, and uh, we can incorporate it into the pod. On this podcast, we're obviously, we're going to be talking about the Six Nations and a couple of fine wins for England and Wales. Where does it leave Scotland, um, Ireland versus England, with nothing really riding on it in terms of championship mm-hmm. um, and all the rest of it. Obviously, a Grand Slam for England, so we'll get into all of that. Uh, we'll be looking at the European Rugby Cup. We'll be. Uh, anyone watch any of the uh, Anglo Welsh Cup? Uh, no. no, no, none of it. Uh, do you watch any Super Rugby? Uh, no, I'm aware of some. I've seen some highlights, and I know that. Um, I know. Did Hurricanes lose? Yeah, yeah, I watched a bit of that on Friday morning, and I know as well that. 
Oh, you can't even hear that. Jaguares. Turn it up. There you go. Still won't hear it. Who cares? I can hear it. Oh, yeah, can you go fine. Uh, yes, uh, also the Haguaras won, which is a really good win because they beat the Lions. Yeah. yeah. Although Lions without a few stars because uh, Elton Yantes was at the birth of his child, I think, and a Selfish. few other people were missing. Uh, yeah, and, the, and the, there was an all New Zealand super boom boom game um, that, was yeah. quite, that was quite good. And I'll tell you what, Crusaders beating the Reds in the last kick of the game was very entertaining to watch. The only one I really watched was the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs Canes. My beloved Canes went down, unfortunately. Hard. Uh, yeah, they they could have got a bonus point at the end um, after scoring a great try after Le- Michael Leach was yellow carded, but then gave away a stupid penalty with uh, no time left on the clock, so lost the bonus point. Super boom boom, right? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so we don't we don't ask you for money. Well, JB would no, does, I don't have a <laughs> uh, but uh, we do ask you for a moment of your time and to leave a review on iTunes. Uh, five star review's been left by J Max C fifty three, who says, "Put three young, excitable men in a basement dungeon with recording <laughs> equipment, a dressing up box. That's, <laughs> how, that's how he's talking about our shirts. That's, I don't like that. Uh, and, and, and adjustable chairs. And what do you get? A rugby based Archer's derivative soap that will keep you hooked from day one. Once you get past Phil's Grundy, Phil Grundy Largan's incomprehensible regional accent, that is. <laughs> <laughs> for those not for those joining now, the plot centres around two main themes: the trio's mutual passion for discussing cotton-based sportswear, <laughs> and the love triangle that is Tim, JB, and Sale. While JB's <laughs> coquettish flirting with Sale dominates, the keen ear, dev- the keen of ear devotee will note the increasingly tense interactions between JB and Tim that threaten to disrupt JB's best team with ball in hand fixation it's a classic will they won't they ever agree <laughs> punctuated by Tim making excuses about his workload to not be in the same room and videoing uh, in on occasion when the tension gets too much if they do ever agree the question on everyone's lips will be will they get their own hashtag like Kimye cockbeard perhaps <laughs> Uh, very good Uh, a lot of effort gone into that one and I thank you for it J Maxi leave your review on iTunes Uh, oh my god there's only one place to start Uh, Georgia Russia we we can get onto that in a bit but like England haven't been playing well in this Six Nations what a way to turn it on yeah agreed England Um, have struck it's kind of strung together about 10 minutes of good performance so far in the previous three games yeah. if you add it all to up and this game was completely different wasn't it yeah it was quite interesting actually no one predicted this no one I mean lots of people predicted an England win I predicted a comfortable England win I will also yeah. say that did you predict 60 points or yeah, last I, fourth, I, think, I think I said England by 12 40? or 14 last week <laughs> yeah, not by 40 yeah. but you did uh, what was your prediction Jay uh, Scotland by 7 Yeah, I wasn't the only one thinking that Scotland had a good chance here yeah, I think we all thought there was Scotland's best chance in, well, 34 years to, to win at Twickenham. I honestly think this has set Scotland back a couple of years. I think it's a devastating body blow to all the good work that they've done. So I don't think it's that bad. Oh. Um, it's it's obviously from a confidence point of view, it is enormous. But there were so many mitigating factors, mm-hmm. as in the yellow card after three minutes didn't help and it. I think it was right in my mind it was right to be a yellow card yeah about right I was a little bit as you can imagine with me wanted to <laughs> let the boys play I was a little bit upset at how many people were saying that should have been red no it's, it's never red no way yeah. borderline I, yellow I, I, don't th- I don't think it should have been red yeah. I think if he'd rotated slightly further it could have been because he did 
Yeah, no, I understand that but, in the letter of the law. I yeah. just, just as we've gone over many times, I would I, that red should be reserved for like real malicious foul play for me. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah. also, just the number of injuries in the back line. Mm. I, mean, do that, think, I don't think that's a mitigating circumstance. It's, it's mitigating it kind of to the scale, I think it is. They, Wait, they lost. Do you agree with their, their bench selection? Uh, two half-backs, one outside-back? Uh, well, there wasn't. Is what two half backs, one one centre, one centre. But, they, but they Bennett could, can they, play right across. He can play wing or. They could have kept their starting fifteen on. They're still getting pumped. Oh yeah, I no, I agree. They're still losing by twenty or so points comfortably. Um, there are mitigating factors, and that that is the kind of thing that you need to justify that kind of loss. So I don't think it will have the confidence knock that if they had their best men on for eighty minutes, it would have had. Yeah, but I think there's a more important issue here from Scotland's perspective, and we've seen in the France game, the England France game, and the England Wales game, they shut down England and they played a rush rush defence, particularly in the centre, uh, particularly in the ten twelve channel, to put loads of pressure on George Ford and loads on Owen Farrell. That worked Scot- well. Scotland, well, it worked really. Oh, sorry, well. yeah, gone. It worked really well for France and Wales because they completely shut them down. Yeah. In the Scotland game, they played the most de- passive three-quarters defence I've seen. They were just standing off, holding their ground, hmm. and you saw try after try after try, which was beautiful interplay between Ford, Farrell, Joseph, um, Watson and all coming off the wing, Brown coming into the middle. Yeah. But it was all because of the Scotland passive D. Well, okay. Th- yeah, there's a couple of things here. So I think you can separate the first half and the second half. The reason being... The first half was where all the damage was done, and basically that's where they broke the Scottish will. The second half was basically a free-for-all. Right? The really interesting thing for me about this game and the Wales game, in fact, quite a lot of games now, is exactly how much teams are getting beaten on first phase. The three Jonathan Joseph tries came all from lineouts. Yeah. Every one of them. There wasn't but, a ruck between the lineout and then Jonathan Joseph scoring. So, uh, no... Two of the Jonathan Josephs hit the third one. There was Rooks, but it oh, was, was the, the, the Watson was another set, yes, set piece sorry, move. Watson. But that that is all in my mind. That is all down to this Scottish passive defence. But like, I mean, Ireland utilised a lot of line speed, and George Ford scored off a scored off a line out. George North. George North. Thank you. Uh, also, England conceded against Wales from a scrum. So it's very strange because the old cliche in rugby is oh, first phase ball can't do anything off first phase ball. I, uh, Scotland's first try was a was a driving ball. No, it wasn't. Sorry, it, one yeah. of their later ones was a driving ball. Hang on, what am I talking about? <laughs> right, let me start again. Their try, the, sorry, the Bennett try was um, was from a lineout. So if you look at actually where all the tries have been scored this year, a really high percentage have been scored off first phase ball. Yeah, yeah, particularly in that game, mm-hmm. uh, which I would certainly attribute to the passive defence. Yeah, I'm, I think um, England just put so much uh, unbelievable amount of pressure on. It was brilliant to see. They were flying up. They looked like they really had a rocket up them, which I yeah. think they will have done. And I think we talked about this last week, that the the actual story from the Italy game was that England were really poor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think they, they've they been waiting, chomping at the bit and being probably bollocked by Eddie Jones for two yeah. weeks for being poor. <laughs> Not And he, he did a brilliant job of take, making it all about the tactics. Yep. Uh, and it, England should have reacted a lot quicker. France showed exactly what you do do with that tactic the first time Italy tried it, and it By didn't way, work. Didn't what work. do you make of okay, um, the whole Eddie Jones, Owen Farrell running into a dog? That is quite interesting. 
Was that? Do you reckon that was legitimate? So nah. Well, I don't either. I think he he took a bump. The, the dog wasn't involved. I think he took a bump. I don't think he was ever in doubt for the game. Do you reckon the dog was involved? No. No. Good, no. Good, good, I good, don't good, think good. the dog was involved. I'll say that again. Yeah. Dog not involved. He did take a bump and might have sat out one session or half of a session, but he was never in doubt for the game. Right. That That's my take on it. Did you notice how inventive they were with using him around, around the field? Incredibly inventive. So Owen Farrell, at one point, he was even standing at nine at a line-out. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah. And they were putting um, they were putting Youngs into into the lineout, so Youngs was going in, in into lineout uh, as the first man. first receiver, yeah, spinning around. Which teams seem to do a lot these days. Put yeah. the put the scrum half there. Then Owen Farrell comes in at scrum half, and then he kind of sort of drifts out, and that was the first what the first Joseph try. I didn't notice that. Mm. I did notice that for the Joseph tries and the Watson tries that the interplay when when Ford and Farrell. And Joseph have a little bit of time. The it's it's a combination of great great lines, changing lines at the last minute, and perfect handling, putting the ball right where it needs to be. And that that kind of three way combination, and particularly the fact that players are changing their lines right at the last minute. Yep. So just off foot, wrong foot defenders, hold defenders, and then Joseph cutting through is brilliant there, there'd be some bottles of champagne being poured over the floor <laughs> in that England changing well, room after the what, game he was one of the players that I had on my um, declining <laughs> list I thought success has gone to his head that oh. he's overrated uh, and basically, he was living on his past reputation. I take that. Yeah, back. well, we, 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 any, any most predictions we t- of yours, we take with a pinch of salt, Jay. For well, all, all of us have made some incorrect predictions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In this Six Nations. Yeah, God, people, people's money is not safe if they put it in our uh, in our hands. That's that's no, for certain. No. Uh, and the the last thing is Nathan Hughes finally seems to have acclimatised to international rugby. I I always expected him to get more and more used to it. I mean, it it did help that. The game was just so open, and England mm. were so dominant, and not just dominant in the back line; they were dominant at the set oh, piece. Just everywhere, their line out was dominant. It was everywhere, it was yeah. it was embarrassing. Like Scotland were, I, I don't know how much is it that England were amazing, and how much Scott. I just Scott, well, Scotland just did, like you said, passive was the word, and they yeah. just oh, I, it was embarrassing. It was a little bit embarrassing. I'm going to refer that it's not passive. It, I think conceding three tries in, on first phase ball is incompetent it's not passive yeah oh well it's yeah it was passive defense but that that tactic of having that passive defense it is it does seem borderline incompetent yeah. it's uh, well you know scotland you got to remember as well for you know the first say 20 minutes or so although england were racking the points scotland weren't actually playing that bad i mean they had one passage of play with 16 phases yeah but they had 16 phases in the England 22, which is why they never broke them down. They got to the England 22 twice, I think, uh, both of which resulted in turnovers and prolonged periods of play. They just couldn't do anything once they got close in, which goes back which to my Which was, point. and rarely happened anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, 61-21. I mean, this yeah. is just, we, we'd be saying if it was the same score and it was Italy, it, oh, would, be, it, would, be another, it would be another excuse for people to say, see, Italy shouldn't be in the yeah, tournament. completely agree. It's embarrassing. It was almost as embarrassing as the caption that ITV Sport put up for Greg Laidlaw. Did you see it? You're laughing like you saw it. I saw so it. So firstly, Greg Laidlaw looked beautiful. Double, t- double, double tweed. Yeah. With Greg- a lovely tartan pocket square. And there's a like, <laughs> Prince of Wales chat going on with his, um, yeah. his waistcoat, which I really liked. Yeah, it was beautiful. Really that. And the caption that came up on ITV Sport after the game was, Greg Laidlaw, 
lost. And no, no, this is where they sort of go. This is our guest. This is our special guest. Yeah. Our, our, our guest of honour. Thank you um, for coming and spending the day with us and <laughs> imparting your knowledge. The ITV Sport caption, Greg Laidlaw lost each of five tests v England yeah. twice at Twickenham. <laughs> Not so many caps as captain, X number of points, played in this many Calcutta Cup games. Yeah, won, lost won, all of his games against England. Won the European Challenge Cup two years ago with Gloss or Captain Gloss. None of that. No, yeah. no, no. Cheers for coming, Greg. Not kind of, uh, not rugby world cup <laughs> quarter finalist uh, two years ago. Oh <laughs> <No>. dear. <laughs> but I mean, um, it was just so good to see uh, th- that. That was the performance we've been waiting for as England fans, Phil. Yes. It, it oh, re- I love the fact JB said yes. As England fans, <laughs> that's the one. We've no, been no, as, you know, as England fans, that that is exactly yeah. what you've been what you've been waiting for. It's yeah, it. really. And it, it it has been so frustrating not to get the performances, but on the flip side of that to not play well and still manage to get the results and still stay in each competition I bet Ireland cannot wait for Saturday now well Ireland if England had a rocket put up them from the poor performance against Italy Ireland will have a rocket put up them before we leave Scotland for a second so Scotland's heavy defeat to England means that they now cannot pass Ireland next week so even if England won that there was a chance even if Scotland had lost this week but Um, even by less than 15 points um, that next this this coming weekend or next weekend we're recording this on Sunday you know what I mean uh, England if England beat Ireland and Scotland beat Italy then Scotland would move ahead of Ireland in the rankings that that now isn't possible oh in the world rugby rankings in the world rugby rankings which is important because there's no more international matches after the Six Nations until, until the Rugby World Cup pools are drawn yep. so Scotland had a shout of getting into the top um, pot, which would have meant they would have avoided New Zealand, Australia, England. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Ireland now control their own destiny. If they beat England by any margin, they keep that fourth position. But if Wales win in Paris and England beat Ireland in Dublin, Wales go from seventh to fourth wow. and, and displace Ireland from pot one. Amazing news. Yeah. That, Amazing. It, that does show how close it is. Yeah. And, and from Wales' perspective, how important that result was. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so when the when the Rugby World Cup draw happens in May, uh, New Zealand, England, Australia, and either Ireland or Wales will be in pot one. Pot two will probably contain Scotland, Ireland or Wales, France and South Africa. Um, so, yeah, but potentially Ireland or Wales potentially avoid that group of death. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. do you want to talk about the Wales game? Sure. Yeah, I, I mean there were, there were so many incredible England performances. It's almost hard to net, almost hard to name. Maro Atoji looked barnstorming. My, in fact, my favourite point in the whole game. I can't remember which player it was. I think it was John Barkley. Yeah, it was John Barkley. John Barkley on the, on his own try line started having a little scuffle with an England player, Dylan Hartley, perhaps. I can't remember. Yeah. And Maro Atoji just walked over to John Barkley, started patting him on the head in a really <laughs> patronising way. There was a few bits. There was. Big got a little bit tasty in kind of modern rugby tasty terms a little bit yeah. of pushing and shoving no fist throwing of course yeah Jim Telfer uh, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have called that anything would he that's just no but R- Richie Gray and Courtney Laws squaring up was quite interesting yeah. mm-hmm. Courtney Laws has been some player this tournament yeah he's really so, really come on Laws and Launchbury are they've been the best second row partnership in the whole tournament they've been br- they've been exceptional even when England were playing poorly their work rate 
has been and not even partnership I'd say individually they've been the best two players individually yeah in in the second row but you were talking 12 months ago as Cruis and Itoji as probably the best lock pairing or second best lock pairing or up there in the conversation as the best lock pairing in the world and now England have got a completely different lock pairing that is also in contention for the best lock pairing in the world incredible isn't it it really is Uh, oh no one thing we do have to talk about We, we mentioned the yellow card but the much maligned television match officials. I I had oh, one of my biggest Nathan, fist pumps of the whole tournament. Nathan was Hughes. Nathan Hughes is. Uh, it was a late tackle. Yeah. He put in when a Scottish player kicked the ball, and then he tackled, and it was a late tackle, but it was a tackle. Yeah. And it was a penalty. Absolutely right. The referee's initial reaction was right. I want to have a look at that. It's at least a yellow yeah. card. <laughs> at least a yellow card. And he he put himself in this position. He watched it and went right. I'm thinking, is that yellow or is that red? Probably going to go with yellow. And the television match official. And this is one of the only times I can remember a television match official basically pulling a referee back and going, "Hey, what what are you doing?" He said he has wrapped. The, it was late. He has wrapped the arms. It's around the chest, not the head. Therefore. Do you want to reconsider your yellow card? Yeah. And it, I thought that was brilliant it from was. the TMO. And it's I always go back to this kind of layering up of things. So yeah, it was late. Categorically, it was late. The ball had gone. It wasn't high. And at first glance, at full speed, it looked like because he bounced off him, he might not have wrapped the arms. But he did. There was a clear attempt uh, to wrap both arms. So perfect by the TMO from me. Uh, it was brilliant. Letting the boys play. Which yeah. of the Scotland players... Do you think this has really damaged their Lions' chances for? So, I would say Finn Russell. Well, Finn Russell to an extent. Yeah, uh, he was awful. Tommy oh, actually, Se- Tommy Seymour was dreadful. Tommy Seymour didn't have a good game. I- I'd say the the Gray brothers. Yeah, you, Gray, you, definitely. The, you got three England players there who are in that game all moved definitely moved ahead of them. All I'd, definitely. I tell you the other guy. I tell you the guy who hasn't been harmed by it is Hog. He got actually. Yeah, I'm not he, sure he, he, didn't, he didn't only, want to be concussed. He but, only played 14 minutes yeah, or so, didn't but he? But actually, that's probably a blessing in disguise for his life <laughs> chances. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he can... Uh, the other guy, Fraser Brown. I mean, everyone was talking oh, about Fraser Brown. Oh, I know. Brown, you know, coming on leaps and bounds. He must be the Lions hooker. There's no other good candidates. Wrong. Um, and who was so the other one? So, there's two others for me. Gone. Hugh Jones. Yeah. Took two tries very well. Yeah. Uh, and when they finally finally in the second half got some ball into Tim Visser's hands he showed how destructive he can be he was good um, Hamish Watson performed pretty well throughout the whole thing wasn't bad but pretty well I was underwhelmed with Hamish Watson just because I was expecting him to be so competitive and so fierce at the breakdown Mm. and I I do think there was an argument that possibly the the referee didn't let him do as much as he wanted to Um, but he was largely anonymous, I, I thought. This must be so annoying. If you're one of those Fetcher type sevens and you're a, a breakdown expert, you know, in fact, anyone in, in in the pack, and every time you come up from a lineup, you're just watching Jonathan Joseph run through your line. <laughs> I mean, you can't do anything. Yeah. 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 You, you can't do no, anything. There's nothing you can do when you're running backwards. No. Uh, yeah. The best, uh, my favourite tweet uh, of the whole uh, on Twitter, in the Twitter sphere, in, re- in reaction to the England Scotland result, <laughs> was breaking news. Nicholas Sturge, uh, Nicholas Sturgeon seeks rematch as uh, rematch as the result isn't to her liking. <laughs> Thinking about an autumn 2018 decider. Uh, tell you what, <laughs> very good. Um, a Scotland win would have almost certainly put a uh, indie ref two back back on the uh, back I, on the agenda. You can just see the uh, the <laughs> national pride at all time high. Yeah, they need to avoid um, 
Scotland beating England at anything and Andy Murray shouldn't be allowed to compete at Wimbledon this year. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say to Scotland. You, you, you're quite good at tennis, so chin up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that sounded really patronising. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, a little bit, well, deliberately meant to. Um, so, yeah, uh, that, that's that's kind of Scotland-England, just a, 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 a slightly embarrassing... Demo- just De- Yeah, demoralising is, demoralizing is without a doubt. the right word. Um, uh, w- just to segue between games on the subject of refereeing, we're just talking about brilliant TMO um, officiating. I thought Wayne Barnes, as much as some people across the Irish channel, uh, from what I can see, particularly a a, a website called Benchwarmers, um, who seem to instigate... Don't give them the the publicity. No, you're right. I I take that back. I'll edit that. Uh, (laughs) um, A lot of people seem to be having a, a bit of a pop at Wayne Barnes. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I thought he was great, and yeah, I, did, I, I did actually really, like. So you put that comment on our Twitter, and we did have quite a, a few Irish fans who, yeah, we did, who, who are clearly obviously they, they listen to us, so they're clearly well informed, and they completely agreed. So uh, here's why: if I was Irish, I'd be very aggrieved by Wayne Bonds. It's not because of the Henshaw joining the Ruck thing. That was a bloody good call. What a great call! It really was like. And how and how infuriating if you're a, if you, well if oh, Rory Best um, who was. He was he going was over. He, yeah. yeah. And it was... The only issue I have with that is Wayne Barnes did say it clearly stopped, Henshaw comes in, and yeah. then it pushes it forward. I think it was they were going it over... It, it doesn't matter. It was going they over going regardless. Over anyway, it was which, just unnecessary. Which makes it even more infuriating yeah. for, for Rory yeah. Best. Now, why he'd be aggrieved as an Ireland fan is I think Wales deserved a yellow card in the first five. I mean, anything to do with killing the ball in the five-metre line is an automatic yellow card. And... Sexton got yeah Sexton got yellowed got, got for yellowed. it. Uh, I think Francis should have gone, and there's someone else as well who was you know, just lying all over it. And that's just you just can't do that. I think that to me that's more of a yellow. I find that more offensive than dump tackling and throwing fists, uh, K- killing the ball in the five meter. Hate it's it. so it's so cynical. Yeah, it's so, so cynical. You just got to go, and it should because. There is the mentality: if you kill the ball and you give away a penalty, you give away three points rather than seven. It should be a yellow card, yeah. Because then, it, then it is. Well, you've not given away the seven, but you're ten minutes without, which should be at least seven points. Yeah. I, I completely forgot to trail it. I've got an amazing game that we've been sent in to play in, in a little bit. Oh, uh, an amazing game. Um, it involves adult movies. And, yes. and rugby. Yes, that's all I'm going to say at the minute. <laughs> okay. Two of our favourite things. <laughs> uh, right. So yeah, um, back, back to I, I just thought Wayne Barnes let the boys play. Yeah, and he, he 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 only blew the whistle as a last resort, but in a really good way. That wasn't it didn't create chaos. He was just saying, right, ball's won now, let go. And it was I just thought it was a masterclass it, in refereeing. He was very clear in his explanations as well. Yeah. It's good, isn't it, that we're talking about um, Wayne Barnes? Because I'm guessing we're all talking about Wayne Barnes because we're avoiding discussing our predictions for this game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I predicted what? now. <laughs> uh, the only only bit of solace I can take from this whole thing is. Um, I said tongue-in-cheek. I did not mean this. Tongue-in-cheek. The only way Wales could win this game is if Alan Wynne-Jones rolled back the, the years, Sam Orbison has a stormer, and uh, George North like, looks like George North of two years ago. Boom. Well, they, I did they, not expect it to happen, though. They all, yeah, they all did that. Well, Sam Orbison has been playing, played how he has been playing in this tournament. Yep. Yep. Alan Wynne-Jones was, was really good. Um, uh, again, as he, he has yeah. been playing well. Um, in he has this been tournament. playing well, but, and, but George North it was a different George North. Like, it, it really was. And again, in the week, it was it Sean Edwards came out and said, "Yeah, we've given him a warning." He was very open about 
we've told him it's you know you you you're in, da- bit, you're in danger of being dropped. Yeah, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Because it's not like George North is out partying. He's just not playing well. <laughs> and he doesn't go... It's not one of those things like, oh, what's George up, George up to this time? Like, he's throwing offloads or behind the back passes. or These aren't mental errors. He's just not playing well. It's like... Yeah. You well, know, the, the punishment beatings will continue until morale improves. Sort there was of an element where I thought what he did yesterday um, was against Ireland was actually go hunting the ball a little bit more than he has been. Well... Mm-hmm. So this is where I think the change has been. He he has been largely anonymous, not getting the ball and not getting the ball in space. He's in the previous few games, he's been getting the ball with two, three men in front of him. Yeah, uh, which is very even for George North. It's very difficult, but they found a way to get the ball to him early with space and on the front foot, and it made such a difference. Mm. Now, um, I I'm going to tell you, this game has. It provided me with somewhat of a revelation of exactly how foxing is going to be used pretty much forever in a day now. Is this now a term we're all using? Yeah. Who's, who started this foxing thing? No, like, last week. I read it somewhere, the fox. No, I've heard it being used widely, but I didn't. I just want to know where where, where this came from. Cause... Well, I, tell me what you think, Tim, because I know you don't like foxing, I know you don't like kicking. So th- those no, two... that's, not, that's not true. Yeah, it is true. You had a good whinge about box kicking the other day. No, I... I, I um... I th- I don't like um, no I don't like box kicking as a tactic because the the territorial gain you make of ten meters I so kind of you, think actually so just, what we agreed that you don't like box kicking um, I think it's overused at, at times yeah and unfortunately in northern hemisphere teams particularly it's really effective because we don't have the skill set to be able to do what New Zealand and and whatnot can do okay so and you don't like foxing I don't mind that you just deal with it All like right. for like France did okay yeah so, anyway just bear with me. So, Sean O'Brien uh, in, uh, engaged in a tiny bit of fox. Oh, yes, he did. Um, yeah. <laughs> By the way, he sounds ridiculous when he gets picked up on um, a microphone. He's got such a high-pitched voice. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> uh, CJ Standers in, uh, make, uh, uh, makes a tackle. Sean O'Brien goes foxing in the, um, in the, fi- in the Welsh 5-metre. This, to me, makes perfect sense. Because why would you want to com- contest a rucker? They're not going to play it anyway. And you're going to disrupt the kick. So you kind of get get it both ways, Tim, which is, yeah, you don't like foxing, but there's an actual use for it. And also, there's going to be no kicking. Or maybe actually I'm wrong. Maybe there will be a box kick because you've got that one metre of space. Yeah. So you, may, have to, may, you have maybe, to make quite a snap box kick. Yeah, it's going to have to be a snappy box kick. But that one's, that's going to mean there's going to be a lot of teams balling, having to keep it ball in hand in the 22 until that fox tactic becomes less feasible further out. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I, I just think the game was brutal as well. The physicality oh of that God. match, it was just, it was gladiatorial stuff, wasn't, wasn't it? it? Uh, I can't remember. Did it go from like, it's like eight minutes in. Yeah, and you had the oh yeah that massive hits by yep. uh, so George North George North into ba- Carney bounced, yes. bounced off Carney who's a he's a brave fellow Carney. Yeah, yeah. O- yeah. O'Brien smashes into Henshaw. No, sorry, O'Brien, O'Brien smashes, smashes into bigger. bigger, and then Henshaw writes off someone. Yeah, um, Baldwin. Well, yeah, was that who it was? Yeah, and then Tipperick was carrying hard. Uh, Tipperick got smashed by. Ugh. And this is another reason that I was wrong because I didn't think that the Wales could deal with that sort of intensity or get that kind of intensity. And also, I bet I, I bet basically bet against Dan Bigger. You never bet <laughs> against Dan Bigger. You never do it. Well, never. So the two most impressive things from Wales were probably George North outright, and then Wales's defence. Yeah. At Wales's defence, all match was heroic, brutal, brilliant. So 
Sean Edwards, there was a picture of Sean Edwards with five minutes ago, kind of fist pumping up in the stands. He must be so proud, so pleased mm. with that performance because that is what he has been instilling in them. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to put the onus on another area of the Welsh game. I thought Tipperick had a great game. Yeah. And he was so effective in the line-out. And I'm starting to wonder now, in fact, I'm not wondering, I'm going to say, it, it, I blame this loss basically on the back row, the Irish back row selection. Because when Omani came on, he looked I, much better. Hey, I called yeah, it last yeah. week. I said, you did. don't pick O'Brien and Stander yeah. with Heaslip. Uh, O'Brien, to me, has, you've got to be careful because he's a world-class player. I think he is on, on, on the decline. He doesn't play enough for Leinster. Um, you know, we infrequently see him throughout most of the years. Lions here, probably see, see, see him a bit more. <laughs> uh, but mo- most importantly, the balance doesn't work. Uh, Omani, as well, is so much better in the line-out than, than O'Brien. Uh, that's just yeah. how, how it should look. I mean, I understand what they're trying to do, but it didn't work. And if you look at the Irish, the Welsh lads, you've got basically two fetches. You've got completely different skill sets, and they play play them off the park. And they're so athletic, though. Um, Tipperick and Warburton, aren't they? Mm. The motors on them getting round. I don't know what happened to Ireland. They were so. I. I. I well, I, another area I think was a really poor selection for Ireland, and we've been talking about this as well through this tournament. Is the wingers? They they were really poor. I thought Earls did all right. No, no I didn't Earls think made some, Earls made some good breaks. I thought he beat a few defenders. He's quite. Good off the um, good getting going. They lost it like all they did. They went. They were really predictable and went for this high kick thing. And Zebo and Earls lost out. I've got to say, lost that one. Like, it was just really predictable. And I do agree with you. I, I don't think Earls is the best winger in Ireland. I've been on record saying that. I think it'd be incredibly harsh to drop Zebo after the autumn he's had. And you know he 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 is he does bring something a little bit extra to that. Island backline that no one else does. But, but Tom, <laughs> Tommy Bow's day. Oh, oh. Bow. I hope to God that isn't the last time we see Tommy Bow in Iron, Iron Shirt. Uh, it, it's it, not it, a worthy. He, he does. He, does, he well. Uh, I hope that. I hope that he does. His international career doesn't finish like that. Going yeah. going off a minute after he's come on. Yeah. Um, but I, he's too great a servant of the game. He is that. too great a servant of the game. I agree with that. But did he? He just didn't deserve his spot on that bench. Yeah. I think it was a nostalgia. It was a nostalgia call and. Yeah, yeah well, so we got was... what, so we got what he deserved. Yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying <laughs> it was well, it's the kind of selection to close out a winning game. Yeah, well, and you don't have a winger as a closer, surely. Well, it's it is he's more of a closer, particularly these days, than because he's very good at, at the high ball. Yeah, very good on the high ball, very solid. He's more of a closer than someone like Gilroy, mm. who is better going forward uh, yeah. th- today, and but, but less solid. Ireland dominated Wales under the high ball. Completely dominated them. Yeah. Well, they didn't, they didn't, get, didn't get much change out of it on the wing, the one they kept going to. They didn't. Anyway, uh, the area, yeah. the, I'm going to say that Ireland should be very, very happy with their win, but still there's an area of Wales. their game. Wales, sorry, should be very happy with their win. I think there's a big area of their game that's still a big concern for me and didn't look any better against Ireland. And Ireland was just really predictable and a bit, a bit flat. Um, Go on. Ball carrying forwards. They're... Really poor, really uh, poor. So yeah. the Welsh pack carried the ball seventy-four times. How many meters did they make? Uh, I, I less than 30. fifty. Less than fifty. Thirty meters. Fifty-five meters in seventy-four ball carries. So they make an on the, the Welsh pack made an average zero point seven four meters per carry. Uh, the Irish pack carried eighty times and made one hundred and twenty-eight meters. Um, the leading ball carrier for Wales was Ross Moriarty, 16 carries. I'd have thought that. 20 metres. Okay. Yeah. The next best carrier 
Alan Wynne Jones 14 meters off 12 carries, and they were only they were the only two forwards to get more than one meter per carry on average. <laughs> I guess um, it's what these carries are designed to set up and do, though. So, so Nathan Hughes, for just to give a comparison, he carried 11 times for 74 meters, so seven meter carries on yeah. average. Uh, um, it's well, so so Nathan Hughes made more yards than. The entire than the entire Welsh pack in forty four fewer carries. Do you think it's a problem? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it is. I don't know if I understand the stat well enough to say that is a definitively a problem for Wales. So, I don't think the personnel is necessarily a problem. I actually think it's the way that they're playing. Is they're just playing this either pick or go or just the the unbelievably predictable one out carry. Same way, one out carry, same way, one out carry. And they seem to catch it before they then start moving towards contact. Yeah, yes. that, that doesn't help as well. So, yeah, the static and the predictable make means it is... Vi- they were, you know, in fairness to Wales, they were playing flatter, as the interception showed. Um, uh, yeah, I guess the couple of tries that they got, um, one was lucky with uh, Jamie Roberts. Well, you make your own luck. Yeah. And they had, he had three yards. I can't believe he made it. Uh, <laughs> the north one was off first phase ball. What was the second north one like? I can't remember now. Uh, I've got a feeling it was a bit the, of a running. The first north one was brilliant with the um, Scott Williams, Reese Webb into, into play. And yes. then the, the Reese Webb, that long pass at full pace. And then Halfpenny even threw a pass yes. in. Uh, no. Yeah, unbelievable. Although, Lee Halfpenny threw a pass that was almost perfectly accurate. Uh, Not I, quite, though. I did want half Halfpenny was drifting as he threw the pass. I did just want him to straighten a little bit. Yeah. It would have made it so much easier. Do you reckon all the Ireland fans were shouting when they were attacking? Give it to Halfpenny! Yeah. Is, there <laughs> some, <laughs> is it something about fullbacks that don't pass? Because Mike Brown does <laughs> not, not pass the ball, does not he? Is he? <laughs> I mean, he he quite often beats the first man and he's very solid and he quite he very rarely gets turned over when he goes into contact and that's a good thing but he never passes well, this, he, that was astonishing that game I could not believe how few, few times he passed I, I, I put a tweet out on our account to that effect and then was and then I was watching it going sod's law he's going to put in a beautiful pass yeah, and I'm going to get loads yeah. of people going what are you talking about but actually he just backed it up the rest of the game well I think yeah. the half penny game was actually quite encouraging because he was rubbish at half penny things so <laughs> like he, he, missed, he missed kicks I've never seen that for a long time uh, he dropped high balls. He's yeah, basically he, one of the best in the world. At he dropped a ball. couple of high balls as yeah. well. Uh, but he did actually play really well. He was still, you know, the other Lee Halfpenny thing he's world class at is being in position. He was still great yeah. at that. But, you know, his, his own running game, attacking game, he passed the ball. You know, pretty good, actually. Pretty pretty good. Um, area, area of interest for you. So two areas of interest. Three areas of interest. Ooh, Three no. areas of interest. We've got a okay. shopping list of stuff. So we've got basically a lot of heads-to-heads we, we, we can have a look at. Undoubtedly, I still think Murray is the number one nine, but how much has the Reese Webb performance made you change your mind? Yeah, it's those, it's those, those two in it. Reese Webb is... Because we've seen a lot of Conor Murray. Reese Webb's been injured uh, yeah. pretty much since the World Cup. It feels like... I can't, yeah, that's right. can't remember how many games he's actually played in that time, but um, he does seem to be coming in fast. Oof. What's your second point? Second point, we thought the front row was a you know basically a slam dunk Island three. Is that now? No, we didn't is? say that. Uh, we I, said we said hooker is the big question mark. Well, yeah, but we did say that you'd definitely be having probably three props from Ireland yeah. traveling yeah. with the Lions. I'd still go with that. Yeah. I, I'd still go with that. Um, but Wales Wales played well. Wales played well. I'm not saying Wales you get your well. props from Wales. I just think it does 
I think the it's England question, boys look even better now. It's a question mark. On, yeah. yeah. And the last one is, uh, do you reconsider the back row makeup? Because standard, you say, is would, would be nailed on. I think most Irish people would say, um, Irish people would say, O'Brien is is nailed on. But do they now go back to Tipperick? Do they look at Warburton? I think you're going to Moriarty coming in into well, form. You're going to end up taking probably six flankers, something like that. Yeah. You'll take a couple of numbers eights, number eights, and then five five flankers. Uh, depending, obviously, if you take someone like Itoji or Hendo, who can play second row. Or Let's see row. after next weekend. There's, I mean, this that, that uh, yeah. England Island, that uh, island in Dublin against England. That's yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Gatlin will want to take both Warburton and Tipperick because mm. they're, they're well, both... he'll want to take Gatland or want to take both Warburton, Tipperick. Uh, he'll take Warburton, uh, Tipperick, and uh, Falatar. Cracknell, yeah, he'll t- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, Dan Lydia, yeah, Lydia, <laughs> it'll be on the train. Yeah, they're, they're all on on the plane already. Ian Goff's back apparently. <laughs> uh, right, what well, one thing then from the weekend? Where do we stand on Danny Care's showboating try celebration? Not bothered. Damien Stewart tweeted us, showboating boys. Are you happy with that? Uh, if you're winning by sixty points, do what you want. If you score sixty points, do what you want. I almost think because we were winning by so much, just nonchalantly sliding in. Yeah, we actually would have been would have been a bit. Would have been better. I did but, like uh, JJ when he got his hat trick try, and he just like dabs it down, throws it into the crowd. Yeah, here I am, um, boys. Now I used to play with a guy called Joe Kennedy, and Joe's thing right was to put the ball down, and as he put the ball down, he would like, basically kind of bowl it back back up and throw it back over his head. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So put the ball down, and then you just kind of wheel wheel your arm around. Um, away it went. I quite liked that, and so I tried to do it, and I dropped the ball over the line, doing the <laughs> doing the kind of the wheel celebration. In training, surely? No, my game. In the game. In a game. <laughs> oh away. God, what are you doing? Congleton or somewhere like that. I I get so nervous watching people, particularly if it's a big game and there's real pressure on the line. Yeah. And particularly f- for me, or watching England or watching Ulster, if someone gets over the line. And they're going to dive or they're going to do something. I've just seen too many highlights or lowlights of people dropping it over the line. It's a weird karma thing, isn't it? It is. The uh, Was it Leguizamon for uh, oh, London yeah. Irish? Oh, yeah. And even better yeah. than that, the one from back in the day. Look it up on YouTube. Will Carling oh, for I Harlequins. Who yeah. was it? Is it Darren Lockheed that picked him up? Uh, I don't remember. It was, so, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's been, just picked him up and carried him over the dead ball line. There's been quite a few in the sevens as well, with people running like 80 <laughs> metres, <laughs> casually jogging in the last 20, without realising that someone's very quickly catching them up and then having it knocked out of their hands. Certain right. Yeah, it makes me so nervous. so infuriating. It's one of the things that I, I used to hate watching Chris Ashton for England doing the ash splash. It's like, you're going to drop it, you idiot. Yeah. Why, are you, why are you taking this kind of risk? It was inevitable that it was going to happen. Yeah. I've, still, I've never seen him drop it. You know, at school, in, at schoolboy rugby, I think our second, I mean, we weren't a, a good rugby school by any stretch, but the PE master made us dive with the ball in hand over the line. Yeah. Continually <laughs> until we learned not to showboat. <laughs> but there you go. Uh, anything else about this game? Oh, sorry, there was one other thing. No, it wasn't. <laughs> You sure? Nope, I'm good. You sure? Absolutely positive. All right, okay. Um, just the other thing for me is, from Ireland's perspective, so Ireland going into next week, they're obviously going to be very frustrated and they're going to be hurting. But the the key point where they lost this was just how blunt their attack was, or how blunted it was by Wales, I guess, Yeah. which is one and the same. But 
where do you see so if they are going to score some tries against England which I'm assuming they're going to have to because England have got a few tries in them yeah. shall we, where shall, is it going to come from shall we save this because it's, it's our featured game this well, week isn't it oh good point shall good we point. Uh, save it well, so we'll talk about next weekend's, uh, the grand finale of the Six Nations, which England have already won. Incidentally, England in the women's tournament, in the under-20s tournament, and in the men's tournament are all up for a grand slam next week, England. So everyone talks about, you know, we need to get rid of Italy to make it more competitive. Actually, maybe England needs to join the uh, qu- the Quad Nations to make it more competitive. <laughs> I sound like a proper smug Englishman saying that. <laughs> Uh, um, we, we should also mention, um, not now, but in a bit, the fact that there was a big game today. One of the teams we're going to be watching next weekend in Romania, Georgia, uh, had a big game. 60,000 people or 55-odd thousand people turned up what, what in was Tbilisi. The, what was the eventual score? Uh, they, they won. They got, they got a bonus point win, did Georgia. Mm. Uh, so they can win that tournament next week. So uh, I, we've been sent a game to play by Ross Devonport, listener of the pod. So thank you very much, Ross. And Ross has come up with a game. He said it, it won't be a Nazi war criminal, a Springbok or Nazi war criminal, but I'm trying my best to get as close as I can. And the game that Ross has come up with is USA Eagle or Adult Film Star. In other words, US Eagle or Lady Spread Eagle. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> well done, Ross. So uh, I'm going to pl- play along as you're listening. Uh, JB and Phil, I'm going to ask you the questions. I'm going to give you a name, and you're going to have to guess whether the name is the name of a female adult movie star, Ops. or a male American <laughs> rugby player, mm. past or present. The first name, Madison Hughes. Madison is Hughes. Madison Hughes. Is Madison Hughes someone who may play on the wing? Or someone or... who may take it in the ring. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. New dad. Is this all right? Are we okay with this? I... Uh, we'll be fine. It's a game. It's... Thank we'll you, Ross. Fine. Thank you, Ross. Oh, dear. I'm only reading it. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> right So, So, um, what was the name of that uh, adult dating website? The one that was like for married people. Oh, I don't know. What What was it? Uh, yeah. Um... No, the one that oh the, oh was Ma- that, Ma- that was Madison something wasn't it, yeah it was Madison Ashley Madison was it, uh, uh, okay yeah not Madison Hughes I'm going for it. Madison yeah you can pick first on this one Phil I'm going for a US Eagle I'm going to go for an adult entertainer Madison Hughes is the current USA sevens captain women's captain. Men's captain. Oh, okay. Wow. Born in England, attended Dartmouth College in the States. Um, so 1 0 to Phil. By the way, Ross Devonport is uh, in America himself. He's in Deerfield Beach, Florida. And You're going to give up a very nice. as well. Plays for Florida Atlantic University RFC. That's his local club. Uh, and formerly Harrow, Middlesex, and Ricelip. So oh, wow. um, nice. there you go. Next one then. JB, you can pick first on this one. Thanks, Tim. Jamie Lick. <laughs> Jamie Lick. Jamie Lick. Don't is, waste, don't is, waste uh, my time, USA Eagle. Is Jamie Lick... Oh, sorry, sorry. Is Jamie Lick someone who has big hits or fake tits? <sighs> Jamie Lick is a USA Eagle, without doubts. I, I think it is too ob- It's way too obvious. Too obvious, too obvious. I'm going to... I'll go for adult movie star. Yeah. Jamie Lick 
is a second row from New York Old Blue Club. There you Made go. Made his debut for America in 2005 against Canada Too as part of the Super Cup in Tokyo. Yeah, he paired up with Damien Double Ender. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> Uh, right, so that's 2-1 uh, to Phil. Uh, the next name on the list. Jaden James. Jaden James. Is Jaden James a fan of Blazers or someone who appears on Brazzers? Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, which I've not heard of, by the way. Thanks, for Ross. For <laughs> what a, what, Ross, whatever that is. Whatever Brazzers is. Um, I'm going for an adult... Movie star. I'm going for the other one. Jaden James is a film star that's appeared in 100 movies since starting her adult film career in November 2006. Wiki Porno says, quote, she's known for her perky breasts, round bum and and ferocious attitude. (laughs) I'm reading it out. Do you want me to stop? Tone down down the the, the wiki references. Sorry, I was in depth from. I only, got it, I only went onto your Google search history, Jay, and found that. <laughs> oh no, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Riley Steele, JB, you can pick first. Riley Steele is. Does Riley Steele do questionable things in the showers, or make adult movies? <laughs> uh, I used to play with a guy called Ben Steele. I, I think. Um, which means nothing. Um, <laughs> Riley Steele <laughs> is a USA Eagle. Uh, I'm them going for porn star, please. Phil already with a three-one lead is correct again. Yes, Riley Steele. Give me a ding. Uh, yeah, give Sorry. me a ding. Yeah, Riley Steele. Riley Steele will give you a ding. Uh, Riley Steele <laughs> grew up in California, worked at Starbucks before making her adult career. First scene was in the 2008 Naked Aces Five. <laughs> naked aces. Hang on, there's a naked aces one, two, and one, two, three, and four. Yeah, which we've missed out must on. Must be a lucrative franchise. <laughs> uh, and Brit Howard. Brit Howard. Uh, uh, does Brit Howard? Hold on. Don't, don't let's let let's try and turn turn the crudeness down. Okay, to t- touch. <laughs> does Brit Howard make big tackles, or is a fan of big tackles? <laughs> <laughs> ah. Um. Yeah, either one of those would work. Um, Britt Howard. Britt Howard. Uh, distant cousin of Mike of uh, I was gonna say Michael Howard. That, that's a politician. Pat Howard. Um, yes, he's going to be a USA Eagle. I think you're right, but I'm going for 
adult film. It is USA Eagle. Yeah. Eagle scrum half in the early 2000s played for San Francisco Golden Gates. That's a hell of a club. Yep. Uh, Olive Khalifi. Sorry? Olive. Is, what, is this still going? Yeah, one more. This is the last <laughs> right, one. Okay. O- Olive Khalifi. Give me USA oh, Eagle. Uh, is oh, Oli- sorry. Is, sorry. Sorry. Is Olive Khalifi. I don't understand that one. Okay. <laughs> is Olive Khalifi. If you don't understand Does it, Olive Khali- Khalifi perhaps, perhaps play fullback or like it bareback? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ross Devonport, again. Ross Devonport. Oh, God. Ross Devonport. In depth preparation, Ross. Uh, give There's me, a lot of effort's gone into this. Give me USA Eagle. Phil, you have extended your lead. You have won. Olive Khalifi is a prop who plays for Sacramento Express in pro rugby. Or did at least, if pro rugby still even exists. It does yeah. still exist, we think. Is it going to exist next year? I think so. Mm. Sounds like it. Although the guy hasn't paid, Doug hasn't paid a lot of his bills apparently. So That's an issue. Yeah. That outstanding amount of effort and research has gone <laughs> into that and for which we are very, very grateful. Uh, Ross Devonport with US Eagle or Lady Spread Eagle. Top work. <laughs> uh, well get in, done, get in touch well if done. you have a quiz. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I didn't cross a line there, did I? No, 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 no. Didn't cro- cross the whitewash. <laughs> right, okay. Um, um, oh, there was one other bit. Um, we got uh, we got sent a message about the Georgia-Russia game. Uh, bearing in mind we've been talking about the peak T.O. horn. Oh, you want peak T.O. horn? Peak T.O., peak T.O. Wait for it, wait for it. And now rave. This piece of music is used by Georgia in their stadium in Tbilisi every time they score a try. Brilliant. Fact. Incredible. Uh, another fact, Milton Hogg is on the rookie dungeon. Ding. This week. <laughs> so Milton Hogg as in Georgia coach. Yeah, on the rugby dungeon. Mm. <laughs> so if you want everything you need to know about oh, Georgia rugby yeah. this week. Yeah. And you well, do need to know because it's going to be a big deal yeah. next week. It Rem- is a very big deal next oh, week. Oh, we're, we're so excited about this uh, This. Uh, this podcast it started out just just if you're new to the podcast let, let's just ex- briefly explain where this came about well, so it started off in a 600k studio in XFM <laughs> and we downgraded successfully yeah. to my basement no I mean we, last year we went to America for the first premiership game played in New York yeah we did wanted another lads weekend away we thought that was going to be another premiership game out there in March which is not which is not that game has been kiboshed maybe coming back next season we'll wait and see on that um, so we wanted a bit of a weekend away couldn't get tickets in Dublin for England v Ireland looked at the European Rugby Cup what is that called again Phil? Uh, rugby Europe Championship Nations the 2017 Rugby Europe Championship. Rugby Europe Championship. But it has other titles with nations and cups well, there's and different, championships. There's different levels of it, yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd have thought this would be the bit of marketing you could nail down fairly easily. It's, me, it's me forgetting Just it. Just get the name right. Anyway, uh, so uh, we saw in the calendar there was a game happening in Bucharest and it, it was the two teams that, that of the Tier 2 nations from Europe did really well in the World Cup. Our up-and-coming nations, Georgia particularly, they're travelling to Romania in the final weekend. Everyone thought it was going to be a Grand Slam decider in Dublin. Um, it still is a tournament decider in is. Bucharest. So we're going to the only game with any with championships riding exactly. on the result, as it turned out. And so we, I think there's World Cup places on riding on the result as well. I think Romania I think. and Georgia have already guaranteed that they're going to be there. Spain are the ones that have got a big win this weekend. They beat Germany. Did they? And they had like eight eight thousand people watching their home game. Did they? And it's really on the rise in Spain. It's really exciting times. It is, isn't it? Uh, so, so we said we were going out to Romania, and then unbelievably, 
the numbers of people getting in touch going, yeah, we're going to come as well. We'll come along. If you go, if you do something live, we'll go. And then we ended up having to do tickets for a live show because there's more demand than we could accommodate, which it, it's my, it's been, mine's been blown. So thank you for your support. We're really looking forward to next weekend. The ticketing was just a basic fa- uh, fire safety issue, really. Oh, exactly that. Yeah, because... Limited capacity in the venue that well, we how had. Many, <laughs> how, how much space have you got? Officially 90? Right, we've got 100. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's right. hard and loose with that. But the point is, we didn't want mm. some, you know, some... I didn't want to have to turf out some big... Romanian fellas <laughs> who wanted a drink. Yeah, who like deadlifting. No, no, no. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going out. We're doing a live podcast uh, in in old, the old town in Bucharest. Um, apparently, it's a bit of a party atmosphere. We're not the only people as well. I, I've I've heard from one of the women from um, the administrators of Romania Rugby. They're expecting. How do you do? How do you do that? Because that's nearly impossible to do. Well. It's, it's all about who you know, isn't it? Uh, anyway, I've been informed that there's going to be stag parties coming from Italy, Ooh. from France. It's there's ha- going to be Italian stag parties will be interesting. Yeah, so I think this could be a lot of fun. Pack the wet look gel, boys. So you need so you, you need to keep a lookout on our Instagram Egg Chasers Podcast, on our Facebook Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, and uh, on Twitter Rugby Podcast. Wherever we are on social media, get there. Um, it, it could be a lot of fun. And um, and what will you be wearing, Tim? Well, one of the reasons this is possible, we have to say thank you. They got in touch last week, and as it turns out, they've been so helpful. They really want to make sure this happens and goes off with a bang. Our good friends at Raging Bull, who mm. I I um, used to play against uh, Hartbury College when I was playing for Bath Uni in the, the, the Busa Premier League. Mm-hmm. They were always well good. Uh, and they were always had their kit made by Raging Bull. And so I just thought it was team wear, but it's, it's leisure wear. So... I've got your sizes. Are you going? Are you, are you stuck on the, a nice bla- nice blazer? I'm, I will. I will be having a blazer. Yes, definitely. blazer and chinos. Yes, uh, and I'm in the middle of polishing my shoes. I've got I've got a good four <laughs> hours invested in the right one now, and by the time we fly, I should be able. I might even take polish. I feel a bit inadequate. So I I haven't ever, I haven't done a job, ever that requires wearing shoes. Yeah, but necessarily. No, I like to polish shoes. No, I know, but so <laughs> I have a pair of shoes. I have a couple a couple of nice pairs of shoes, but I don't. Pay him nearly enough attention that you do. You need to, you need to cherish them. I think mm. your wife looks at those shoes and gets jealous. Oh yeah, about 100%. how much attention they get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're a mirrored shine, so she does uh, she does a makeup, she does exactly. the hair in them. Exactly, they're, they're, they're dual use. They keep my my feet nice, warm, and smart. But yet, ladies can do the makeup in them too. Exactly. Just you mentioned Hartbury College. Yeah, they've just won national one. Yes, as about to mention. They're in the championship. Uh, they will be next year. Wow! But they've won it so. I've never We're seen in March. Yeah. Yeah. They've won 25 out of 25 games. Who did they beat? 23 was... bonus points out of those 25. It is and some of the teams they're playing. So Plymouth, uh Mosley, Roslyn Park, Coventry, Blackheath. They're playing some very big big that, names, big Are they clubs. just students? They must have. Yeah, yeah. They uh, must have like Gloucester no, Academy no, no, no. players as well. Oh, yeah, but Yes, yes. No, no, in in the booster games on a Wednesday, they'll play just students, but the Saturdays, they must play more than that. Yeah. Like, yeah. it'd be a great place for Gloucester to send their fringe players. That's exactly what they do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so Hartbury College are the guys that officially run the RFU coaching qualifications. So when you do coaching qualifications, yeah. it's Hartbury College. Um, it's an agricultural um, college, isn't it? Like um, equestrian, horse, equine, equine studies and stuff like that, and farming kind of studies. Gloucestershire, isn't it? And a lot, yeah. of, rug- and a lot of rugby. Um. Yeah, I think. Well, congratulations, Hartbury. Yeah, I think sadly, I think Maxfield might have got relegated this week as this well. This week, 
or like they're v- right on the verge. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> ooh, they're 15 points adrift at the bottom of the table. Yeah, so who did uh, Hartbury beat this week? Not that anyone really cares. What Old Albanians. Yes, I knew I, I knew uh, I knew the team. 57-21. They 57, smashed Old Albanians. Goodness me. Old Albanians who share their facilities with Saracens. That's right, yeah. We do want a bad outfit themselves, actually. No. Uh, right. No. Okay. Well, enough of the, enough of the championship talk. Yeah. No. Nothing but the, so so yeah. We, uh, we I can't say thank you enough to Raging Bull. The point that's that's the the Harper College thing started because uh, yes they make team wear and stuff, but it was it was kind of new to me. And you mentioned it last week, JB. You see their stuff in like uh, House of Frasier. Yeah. And yeah. I'd walk past that so many times. But yeah. So Phil Vickery, um, man of many talents. And make some lovely. Who knew he, he was crisp, such a great tailor? What was this? What was the shirt? Poplin uh, poplin white shirt for me. Crisp white poplin white shirt for Phil. Navy chinos for JB, and uh, yeah, like mustard chinos. I think would be the ones I'd go for. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, I'm like the look of their wax jackets. But um, so thank you very much, Raging Bull, for helping make next weekend happen. Really appreciate it. And. Um, yeah, Absolutely. We we, we want to do more with you, please. More with you. You you good guys. Right. Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? We've got one more game to mention um, from the weekend. Did you watch it? I did. I, watched, I didn't. So I watched it live, live on Saturday. I was actually polishing some shoes while, while I watched this. I watched it live, but I, I was I was cooking. Um, I was preparing a shoulder of lamb, so I Ooh. kind of didn't have my head on the game really. <laughs> well, this was interesting. I thought because Italy, as they did against Wales, started very very brightly, mm. tremendously brightly. Uh, scored the first try from Sergio Parisi after three minutes uh, and they looked good Campagnaro was making breaks Gori was looking good uh, obviously Parisi was looking incredible he did um, out the back door round his back offload at one stage which was just magnificent oh my god that was oh, uh, that was an incredible thing he's just got that thing about him where he's like right I got this boys I got yeah, this yeah he just he gets everything right. As he gets older, what they need to do is get the government to <laughs> to pay him whatever he's on in France to just like play when you want to play, play when you want to train, train. Yeah, do what you want. You're just a you're a government employee, an ambassador for the nation. I've got a story for you. Right, <laughs> so you said the government should pay Sergio Prize, Prize, right? Yeah. Now I heard this out the other day after a conversation with a very with a very nice man whose name I, I will not mention. Um, so. Apparently in Ireland. Do you remember when Johnny Sexton moved to Racing? Uh, yes, I do. That was on the back of a court case which said, if you're Irish and you participate in some sort of national sport or culture, you get a tax break, but you've got to stay in Ireland for 10 years. Yeah. Unless you decide to move away, in which case you've got to pay, pay back all the back taxes. So the court case Ooh, wow. actually defeated that, yep. which meant Johnny Sexton could leave. Amazing. You get You get tax back... Or at the end of your career, if you stay in Ireland, you still he is that uh, jo- right? Johnny is that Sex- still going. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Sexton isn't losing out, I don't think, because of that court case. But I, th- I don't know if I'm right in saying this. However, yeah, if you if you stay and play in Ireland, you at the end of your career, you get a load of money back. You get a load of your tax back. Is that how it works? I think so. Amazing, absolutely amazing. Ah, so-, so they right, so you pay it, they hold it, and then you get this big lump sum at the end. Once you've served your time. Yeah. Wow. That's quite. Well, if someone actually knows that... That's quite an detail, incentive. Or someone can share me a link. I'd love to read up on that. Anyway, sorry. So that's what they should do for Sergio. Uh, oh, well, Fra- should- like France is nuts as well. Like, um, So even if you... So you, Phil, could suddenly find your body works again and you want to play... <laughs> 
uh, you could play in French Division B uh, and be paying, I don't know what, f- uh, let's say 40 grand. Yeah. You're getting paid for a season. You could go over there. Within one week, you're injured. Yeah. You'll get paid by the French government. Yeah. I like the sound Socialist of that. Socialist hell. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's part of the reason why they don't mind buying like Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah, whatever. Because yeah, yeah. if, if he's injured, we don't we're not paying. Take a risk on the, not. the government are paying it for us. Yeah, one Smith. We can Who take, are they we can take a risk. Ferris? I've always thought that would be the dream signing for them. I know. Oh, just to get another couple of years of out of Stephen Ferris. Yeah. Anyway, um, going back to the game. So oh, yeah. So Italy started brightly, but then they just capitulated. And weird. I mean, so weird. Well, not weird, but <laughs> it was the the manner in which they did. So we we've spoken about Italy in the past, and their limited access to players. But under Conor O'Shea, uh, alongside Mike Cat and Brendan Venter, you've got an experienced, very intelligent coaching setup. Agreed. And if they're going to do anything, they've got to get them doing the basics right. Do you know how many tackles Italy missed in this game? Uh, 17. 17 would be the next highest from the Six Nations this week. Oh, wow. Oh, so it's more than that 28. then. 32. 55. What? 55 tackles. Goodness me, that's a Last lot. Last week they didn't want to ruck. This week the new tactic was don't tackle. Don't, so, <laughs> that, that you, would look be at, the, you look at just... If you get the basic right, you've so got a good foundation. Last week was the, that, or two weeks ago was the fox. Uh, this was the ostrich. <laughs> yeah. This was, it was quite incredible. Admittedly, you are playing against, so the French back three, um, they're Bryce Doolan, who was excellent. Uh, the two Fijian wingers, Vakatawa and Nakatasi. Uh, Fiku was on form. But hey, you, uh, here is Lions' chances have gone through the roof now. <laughs> Pickamore's Lions' chances are, are right up there as well. Good. Um, you are playing against good good players, but the base it's the basics. Just you cannot miss. It's uh, it's is schoolboy. Um, so it's very frustrating that um, after their incredible win against South Africa uh, in the autumn. You, I was, I was hoping that they would kick on and they'd really be pushing and getting picking up bonus points and certainly challenging for wins at home, but it felt feels like they've taken a few big step steps backwards. Yeah, they, this whole season feels like that. Outside of that Wales game, it's all been downhill. Yeah, and that was the first. You, yeah. So the first forty minutes of their Six Nations was pretty good. Yep. And then they had the disruption with the Fox against England, but besides that, not great. Hmm. Um, right, shall we move on to next week's predictions? Um, yes. Well, what, one other thing I'd just like to touch on. Oh, it's, go on, so then, it's, Philip. It's an international touch to it, but not Six Nations and not Rugby Nations Championship European. Rugby European League. Cup Nations Champions of Europe. Um, Kirtley Bill's leaving. Oh, I know. Go for Australia. So, Chica. Has. He won that. He won that battle. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was saying on last week's podcast. I mean, we made some awful predictions. JB predicted Scotland would win. Uh, I predicted Kirtley Beale would stay. Yes. Yeah. We didn't do very well between us. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. That that Alakadu on the train. He was he was drinking whiskey at the time. He'd obviously <laughs> uh, he'd obviously had a fair few. The one, the one that told me Kirtley Beale would be staying. That's a hell of a lot of money for one season. If they don't win the Heineken Cup. Basically, wasn't worth it. And it could cup all the Avicii. Yeah, if they don't win something, it, it's been a complete waste of cash. 
Uh, there is a. I can see the argument. Yeah, but they always signed him knowing it was a one-year oh, deal, uh, in, just like they did with Pietau the mm-hmm. year before. I ran into Carl Eastman on on Friday. Did you in Oldham? In Oldham, of all of all places. <laughs> what he was, was it? Was he out getting lunch or something? He was out getting lunch, and I interrupted his lunch to say hi. What? Hi, I'm JB. Where was he eating? Uh, what was bar, he eating? Bar Expo. He just finished. He's on. He's on his way out. I was like, Carl Eastman. It's actually a lot bigger in real life than I thought he'd be. Like deep, he's short, but he's short, but like he's wide. thick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he brushed me off very effectively. To to be fair, um, <laughs> I can see why he does so well in the Premiership with those sort of uh, avoidance skills, and I'd have done the same. I know it's his. I know it's his hometown, but the last time uh, we, well, well, I remember it seems to be something we do is bump into future Sale Shark signings in eating lunch. I once went to. Red's True Barbecue in in oh. in uh, Albert Square in Manchester, really good barbecue yeah. joint. And Mooj was sat in there before, like way. But it, we were the first people to announce Brian Majati signing to sale because um, I met him having lunch. <laughs> Didn't we also see a wasps car in? No, J- James Johnston. It, oh, it was oh, a yeah. Saracens car. Saracens it was a Saracens car. car driving up Deansgate around the same time when James Johnston you, was yeah. rumoured. Well, uh, one thing I did notice uh, on Twitter is. Quite a few Sale Sharks players have been messaging Ben Spencer, wishing him good luck with his baby. Oh. Well, jo- joking aside, Callisman was actually a very, very nice, accommodating guy. Uh, I'm not encouraging everyone to stop Callisman in the street and talk to him, but very nice guy. <laughs> right, mm. shall we do um, this week's yeah, yeah, yeah. predictions? Absolutely. Uh, shall we kick off with the um, oh, with so Leo the, Vegas the, the, best of the week? So there's, there's been no other... like. Uh, signings and changes and stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's not been nothing big. I can't. There's still rumours flying around here, there, and yeah, everywhere. And sales. J- JB's beloved sales still haven't signed anyone. Uh, Mark Jones, Will Cliff. Oh come on, both world class. Um, <laughs> they, they, they've signed Josh Strauss, which is a good, class. which is a good signing. Well, let's remember that the 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 five world class players Steve Diamond was promising four or five world class players. He's got three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you know a couple of re-signings here and there. Mm. Uh, yeah, it'd be fine. Absolutely fine. But other than that, there's there's rumours flying around about various players. But we we basically as a three, you need to get on the Sail Sharks bandwagon purely because it gives us an opportunity to watch good solid rugby. That is the only reason. <laughs> what when Just what, when good teams come and visit the AJ Bell? Yes, exactly. And because we... if you think about it, I mean, you know, if you're watching Sail Sharks this year, you've got the pleasure of watching Toulon, Saracens twice. Scarlets, it's important. Wasps, well, we went to the Wasps, wasps game. Yeah. We saw a couple, couple of amazing tries from Wasps and then they were outplayed for most of the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I, I, do right. think, I do think the uh, the Kirtley Beal signing, obviously it's a, a big coup for Chica. Um, and Is it, it Chica or Chica? Chica. Yeah, I, I don't Chica. know. So do you think if Kirtley Beal was playing in Bath, he'd be so quick to go home? <laughs> rather than Coventry? <laughs> well, it's London. clearly about the World Cup 2019, isn't it? This decision, you'd, you'd say so. You'd, yeah, and he, he'll want all of his best players available yep. for that, and and Beal will want a shot at it. Yeah, hell of James a... O'Connor to Worcester is one of the things doing the rounds. Oh, I've not heard that one. Ooh, yeah. Um, is that a good signing? I don't know. It's just a, just one of many rumours flying. Would that around. be a good signing? It kind of fits with Worcester with all their exciting exotic backs. Yeah, but it... right team. Uh, what's his name on the other wing? Um, Cooper, Cooper Vuna. They've got some good young players, Perry Humphreys and uh, is it Adams? Josh Adams. Josh Adams. Yeah, uh, they got some. They got some very talented young players. Is 
Would you want uh, James O'Connor being signed at your club? Uh, what, when I'm trying to bring in a load of talented kids? Bring them through the, the Yeah. System? Not so much. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a great role model. I'm to, sure he's to fine. I'm sure he's fine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, m- my brother says he's a top lad. Played with him for a couple of years. Yeah, but he is. He sounds like he's good fun. Oh, yeah, he's Irish for yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sounds like he's good fun to go on the beers with. I'm sure he's great fun to go on the beers with. Yeah. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, Right, predictions. Yes, and time for a Leo Vegas featured game of the week, better of the week, which could, if you don't listen to us, get you... Great, great theme tune. So what? What? what oh, you stopped the music, man. Sorry, anyway, mate. it's fine. It's fine. So what was our featured game last week? It was England, Scotland. Scotland. Oh, fine. So we got that right. We got yeah. We, we got the result right. Anyway, but that's no. You well, got the result. Well, right. we got I the result. Yeah. Right. But, well, let's, let's just go over I, what I, other predictions we and made. I guess both me and you, Tim. I said by more than oh, seven or more. You said by fourteen or more. So correct. Does that mean, JB, that your money is now zero? You've lost your charitable fund. Yeah. Well, no, because it gets a, topped up again this week. A proportion it of it. It might also mean, though, that none of us got any money because I forgot to put the bet on. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but, what? Yeah. So, we, so we were betting for charity. I mean, Tim got the result right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happened. Wow. But we're definitely doing it, doing it this week. Okay, definitely. Oh, yeah. good. Definitely gonna... it, this game's so easy to call. Because <laughs> uh, our, our, our featured game, our bet of the week with Leo Vegas, uh, who have a partnership with Leicester Tigers and now have a partnership. You know, they, they go, they, they want to pick a rugby team. They pick the the one of the original, traditional powerhouses mm. in the ru- English rugby game, Leicester Tigers. You'll see their name on the back of their shorts. And when they want to come to a podcast, they come to the original traditional rugby rugby podcasting powerhouse that is egg chasers yes often imitated never bettered yes imitation is the greatest form of flattery exactly (laughs) so uh yeah so we have we're gonna have a look at this game england traveling to ireland to win a possible second grand slam in a row uh and to go for the record for tier one nations of consecutive wins yes so let's talk about this fixture then, because it, it's uh, it's still as mouth. It's not quite as mouth-watering as it was several months ago, but it's still damn mouth-watering as a fixture. Yes. Uh, okay. So, is there any stats to bring to the table, Philip? So, Ireland have won one of the last seven meetings between these two. Is that it? That is that is really? it. Really? Yeah. That was in Dublin two years ago uh, when they won nineteen nine. If you remember yep. it. Um, and looking back, these are historically low-scoring affairs. So only once in the last eight fixtures has a team scored 30 or more points, and that was 2012 when England scored 30, won by 30 points to nine. Um, So we're expecting a low-scoring affair? Yeah. History would suggest not loads of points, and and Ireland's... Getting only their second win in nine. Yeah, so if they get if the, they the last win. three meetings at Dublin, England have won two out of the three. Okay, so I'm going to pose a question to you: Do you think that All Blacks result in November has skewed everyone's opinion of this Ireland team to the point that we can't really think straight about them? Um. So I want to say no, 
because yeah. there is more than that to the Ireland team. Um, before England won it, won the Six Nations last year, they'd won the last two. Yeah, and so there's two guys missing from the those two Six Nations winning team. They are very big guys uh, in O'Driscoll and Paul O'Connell. Okay, um, but the vast majority of the the rest of the personnel are the same. There's not been any major, apart from those two players, there's not been any major fundamental changes mm-hmm. right across the board, right across the team. Um, so I don't think so. I think what it probably did was perhaps skew people's perception on their attacking ability. Yeah. Because they scored a huge number of points. But... They took they just took every chance that day. They did. It, everything went right for them from um, Conor Murray's break to... Uh, Henshaw crashing through even, with a few minutes to even go. With Corby coming on, slotting, slotting his kicks. Yeah, went, went right. Yeah, so I think no, they're still a very good team, um, but they're perhaps slightly more blunt than uh, some people might give them credit for, particularly based on that one performance. Yeah. I, I just would add to that that I, I think I'm broadly in agreement with you, but not based on strength of the national team, but based on the strength of the provincial team. You know, they're basically taking the core of their players from Munster and Leinster, who have been phenomenal this year. And Ulster. Oh, and some from Ulster. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, not not Kimmel. the core. You're right. Because um, a lot of Ulster's core was still there demolishing Zebra by nearly 70 points. That is true. So, yeah, they are a good team. I can't tell, right, if this Ireland team are likely to choke because, you know, against the Wales... Or they're likely to pull something out of the bag like they did against New Zealand. They're probably the hardest team to predict in the Six Nations. I tell you one thing, they will not be doing passive defence against that, that England backline. You will get uh, Henshaw, Henshaw, Ringrose, Sexton, and whichever of the flankers, O'Brien. I'm, and, I'm, I'm with you, Phil, from last Spanners. week, by the way. I think the the pain train would have been a better way to go against Wales. Easy to say with hindsight, but. It, it is, yeah. But, and also, yeah, and, and I don't think that the Farrell led defence is going to be a passive defence either. I mean, that no. is his thing, isn't it? Like, rugby league line speed. No, it will not. So they will. And it, it will be quite interesting, Farrell on Farrell. Yeah, Farrell so Farrell crime. He will know exactly. He will have so much game tape of when Owen Farrell has gone well and Owen Farrell has gone badly, and I am certain. Uh, do you reckon Andy fun. Farrell will bust out some like home back vi- back, uh, back garden uh, videos from from the archive? And go, lads, look. Right, this is this is him when he was eleven. Look how I do him on the outside when he, <laughs> when he was ten. Look, I, look, I left him. Yeah, I, I just I just ran around the gnome. I just used that the gnome as my decoy runner and did him. Watch this handoff, pow! <laughs> <laughs> Kids rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can imagine that. No, I don't think he's going to do that. I think that's that's really. Oh, really? Good. You don't think he'll do that? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's highly mature. I think, I think what he'll do is probably uh, tell all the Irish lads what his biggest insecurities are. Yeah, <laughs> mention sticker collection. Yeah, yeah, it's this- gonna be something. Jeanette, when he was 13, broke his heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette Ball! Jeanette Ball! Yeah. <laughs> it is a weird position that Andy Farrell finds himself in. Yeah, yeah. it really is, isn't it? Yeah, because he's better informed than any coach in world rugby on how to stop Owen Farrell. Yeah, and what are the phone conversations happening this week? Like, just because of dad son. and son, we go, like, Hi, oh, your son, how you doing? How's your leg? 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. You you stepping off it on you stepping on it. All right. Yeah, it's it's. Well, so I know. It's, I'll it's, be Owen Farrell, <laughs> and you can be Farrell Senior. Okay. Hello. Uh, I don't know why I'm actually holding a phone there. Okay, <laughs> I could, uh, I'm doing. Uh, hiya, son. You're right. Dad. Well, well done at weekend. Thanks. Um, now, your your mum, your nothing to do with me, right? But your mum wants to know how how your leg is because she saw you had that big thing on your leg. We've spoken about this, Dad. Well, what, what shall I tell her? Is it all right? Are you I, I, are you mended? We've spoken about this. A percentage wise, how 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 mended is your leg? Uh, look, Dad, I ran into a dog. <laughs> do you prefer it when like you step off like if you had to run to get a bus nothing to do with rugby but a bus if you had to run to get a bus would you prefer to step off on your left foot or your right foot is mum even there is mum there hi 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 son <laughs> yeah she's it she's here son honest <laughs> clean your room <laughs> <laughs> don't they live together still he lives he lives at home with his dad and with his Does mum he? and dad yeah or he? Oh, he lives with his mum anyway because he's andy farrell must be an island uh, Most yeah, of the time. he'll be. Commu- I guess he'll be commuting. Yeah, he he still lives at home. <laughs> I can so, just imagine like, well, which leg is it? Left, high up, <laughs> far, far side on the, the round there. Uh, why don't you do an accent when you do that? Phil? <laughs> <laughs> we uh, anyway, pretty so, in depth analysis that. So oh, Le- yeah. Leo Vegas better the week. So um, obviously that's that's what we'll do for all games we're analysing is do impressions of uh, coaches and players involved. <laughs> um, so <sighs> predictions then? Yeah, it's, it's really Oof. hard to call. Uh, England will win it. I don't think Ireland have got what it takes. Uh, I'd be amazed if Ireland come out with this same back line because I don't think sorry same back row I mean, I've been banging on about it for ages I just don't think it, it, well, you, it's no no actually let me correct you you haven't been banging on about it for ages yeah, you've, been, you've been banging it on about it this podcast no I've, I've been banging on about it last no, ages you've got that Peter O'Mahony last week I com- called it yeah. he, need, he needs to start you've, you've got this completely confused I've been talking about this for all six nations okay sure um, go back and check um, yeah so it'll be fascinating to see if that if that is still the case, um, if they England are going to win this, and I think they're going to win it by by ten, I am going for an Ireland win. Ooh! So I think England won't have anywhere near as much room to get their backline going. No, I think the Ireland pack is very experienced um, and can nullify the English pack, uh, and I think. So, Ireland love beating England at the best of times, but stopping England from breaking the record, the international rugby record for they stu- they, they bro- they, they broke They broke New Zealand's record. Yeah. Yes. They ended that. So, I think Ireland are going to win this. Oh, God, and it- and another, th- another thing is, so, the home team have won... Ex- taking Italy out of the equation, in this Six Nations, the home team have won every single game besides England going to Wales... And I, I just can't see Ireland uh, giving up at home. I tell you what, if England lose, it's going to be a very special day for those people in our live show. Very special. Oh, you're right. I know. I know exactly where this is going. Go on. What? Are you Good. trying to get some sound effect up, JB? Uh, no, no, not at all. So uh, there will be a new holder. Oh, is this actually? Are we still persisting that this is a thing? I'm not. I'm having nothing to do with this. This is not. There'll a be thing. a new holder of the JB Cup. This is not a thing. <laughs> it is. It's the JB Cup. Um, 
I'm more with you, Tim. <laughs> that this is not a thing. If you can explain it in ten <laughs> seconds, what it is? Longest winning, longest things. No, 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 no. <laughs> longest active tier one winning streak. <laughs> there you go. So important. Yeah. Imagine, imagine being who, there. Who will it uh, go on to? Actually, New Zealand. I think <laughs> really. Because yeah. no one's got a winning streak, have they? They've all been beaten. Yeah, recently. everyone's been beaten in this. So Wales have got a one-game streak. Yeah. Not Scotland, Ireland. No. France, maybe. I've got two. No, they lost against Ireland, so they've got one game. Yep. So everyone's on one game. So, yeah, it goes to New Zealand. Yeah. I I, wow. I agree with Phil. It's that the Ireland are not going to... like Scotland were poor up front. Yeah. They didn't, they, they didn't put any pressure. Their defence was passive. England were getting over the gain line at will. Punching holes in the defence. I don't think that will happen. But I've just got big problems... 11, 13, 14 for Ireland, I don't think's good enough. Earl, Zebo and, R- and Ringrose against a team like England or New Zealand, I think they're going to come unstuck. And I know that those are the, pretty much the same players that did it against New Zealand in Chicago, but I think they're going to get exploited um, ultimately in those channels. And I, much like Phil said last week, I think the pain train might be a, might have been a, might be a, a more solid, balanced way for them to go. It will be interesting to see, actually, because Ringrose has started every every other game. And he's a superstar, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He's a star in the making. Going forward, he's exceptional, and he will be... He stuck uh, the, his head in as well with some tackles at the weekend. Oh, He will be the, the 13 for a long time to come, mm. but he's still a very young man. Um, and so I think I think they it'll be interesting to see what Schmidt does, but I think they, they might go for the, the pain train this time. So That said, I still think England will sneak it. England by... <sighs> Ireland by five. Uh, England by ten. England by ten. Mm. That is our Leo Vegas bet predictions. Uh, if you want to take our opinion as any and put your money where our mouth is, that is that is completely your call. But there you go. There are predictions. That was our featured game of the week. And go to leovegas.com where you can get double profit boosts on your bet of the Ireland versus England game Six Nations finale this weekend. Excellent. The other two games? Well, let's just do Scotland, Italy quickly. Scotland, I think, will batter Italy because they're gonna, they are going to be so, so hurt after well, the England game. They'll be hurt from a pride perspective. They will also have a number of players missing. True, true. Uh, but I still think Scotland will win and probably win by 20 points. Yeah. Uh, but there's, the no, there's nothing that Italy have done. Apart from that first 40 minutes against Wales, uh, they've, they've not done anything this, that would suggest otherwise. This well, the first really 40 minutes, that they were ahead against they, Wales. They, they were, were ahead against ahead England. Against England. Yeah. They were in touch against France. They're good for 40 minutes. Well, they're not good. Yeah. They're not good. They're competitive, mm. really competitive. Um, but the amount of energy they have to expend to stay to with stay, these teams, yeah. it's, they can't sustain it's, it. It's been a particularly long and punishing tournament for Italy. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, and then... France-Wales. France-Wales. Is rather interesting. It's such a shame there's not more on these games. Uh, well, actually, there kind of is. Well, no, as, as we established Lions, earlier, the well, Lions, yeah, and as we established earlier, a World Wales rankings. victory... And an England victory means Wales are in pot one, having been the team that were in pot three yeah. for the last World Cup. 
But they got out of pot th- uh, pool one from pot three. And they did. Um, and so Wales could affect, could finish second if England win. They beat and Wales beat France. They could finish second in the uh, in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a brutal encounter because obviously Wales play is power rugby. It, and f- France play oh power rugby yeah um, <laughs> and I think actually Wales might you know get really really battered up front you know you can't go around bullying those French scrums I'm not entirely sure how successful you're going to be uh, running into French forwards having yeah, said that one up one out uh, into the French forwards doesn't seem like a great idea no does it doesn't it? does it no having said that the Welsh game is quite you know quite heavily predicated on work rate too so yeah. if the French try and match their work rate, who knows? They might start to fall off in the second half a bit. Well, yeah, because France's conditioning isn't much better than Italy's conditioning. Mm. Um, and again, if George North runs over a few people, they might win. Um, I, I really don't. This is a really difficult game game to pick because Wales shouldn't really have won on Friday. Um, you know, looking on the form, uh, who knows what they're going to do this weekend? I. I Simply have no idea. I think France will raise their game at home. You think? Yeah. yeah. France by not many. Three? Between three and five, yeah. France by five. France by five sounds right to me. Yeah, I'll go with that. Spot boring, on. Boring and uh, Romania v Georgia. The Ooh. game the game we're gonna be at. The biggest Ooh. game of the week. In their VIP tent, which it says uh which what cost what? It was twenty eight pounds effectively in Romanian money. Uh, yeah, it's about thirty, roughly thirty quid. Depends on the exchange rate. I honestly think this is the way forward, boys. That we do tier two, Absolutely. tier two away weekends, and we make it an egg chasers thing. We should start up a, a travel agency that does an all-in thing. <laughs> I genu- I'm not even joking. I think that there's something in it oh, wow. because we've got hundred odd people coming out anyway. Yeah, maybe we could get more money out of them. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not what I meant. Just the crack. Right, okay, okay. I'm thinking about the crack. So yeah, twenty eight quid gets us our game ticket. Gets us pre and post game. And the way they've described it is uh, steak, beer, and cognac. Romanian. So they were very specific. That it's not French cognac; it's Romanian cognac, Perfect. which which I hear is much better, far yeah. superior product yeah, to the yeah. French Be- stuff. Oh, better craftsmanship. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it will taste like with this with the smell of the local air that the the the, the cognac. What the, what pl- the plants have been? What is it made out of? I don't know. Uh, grapes. Is it? Find out for me. Cognac. Pull it up. Anyway, the. It'll it'll match the surroundings. It'll, so taste, it'll taste good in context. It is a brandy, right? What's that made out of? Uh, grapes. Well, yes. Yeah, but there so you go. white wine grapes used in used for making cognac. Did not know that. Beautiful. Um, just one little bit of administration. The live podcast. If you are in Romania, we are planning at kicking off at midday sharp. I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Well. Well, we, we can do this on the. We should, we should just direct people to Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll tell you on the group. Yeah, okay. we'll tell you on the group. So if, if, but the point is because the vast majority of people aren't there yes, as well. Unfortunately. And we will have. Yeah, more's the pity. We'll do this again and, and make sure you can be there. But um, yeah, we'll. Uh, it's a live show, taxis, game, from game, back into Old Town. Then we're meeting everyone for drinks in Fire Club, I, I do believe. Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. It'll, it'll work itself out. We'll put a message on the Facebook page this week. Yeah. Yes, get on it and keep following us on social media um, so you can keep in touch with what is happening because we don't even... Uh, I, I, I <laughs> dread to think and I haven't got a clue. It should be fun. Uh, are, we, just... are we going to try and be good and well-behaved on Saturday night ahead yes. of the live podcast? Yes, we have to be because... Uh... 
Because otherwise, <laughs> it's going to be a disaster. It's a balance. We've got to let the boys play, exactly. though, haven't we? Exactly. A bit of empathy, Jay. Talk, yeah, talk yeah. is cheap, Jay. We can't sit there for and go and say, let the boys play, and then... In, and not play. And not play. I just don't want to be having to do HIAs on either of you, should I? will <laughs> get out of hand. Uh, that might... <laughs> in fact, that's, that's actually... You've just thought of a really good segment. We should do an actual... We should find out what the actual HIA assessment is and, and do <laughs> and then, it. Oh, yeah, and then give do different it members of the audience different gradients of head injury. <laughs> see when they yeah. Start. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bring the cricket back. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly worried. A ladle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly worried that if we have a big Saturday night, there is no way I would pass the HIA before this podcast. Exactly. That's a good idea, that. <laughs> like, see, like, get some of the really hungover lads. No, because you need a base score, don't you? You need a baseline score, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You need to find... but you need to you need to have a certain level to be able to set a baseline score. Dude, hang on. Do we need software for this? No. No. So, uh, what do you mean? Is it not just? Is it a series of questions? It's like, it's like it's things like where are you? So, but it's what's just happened. There's memory stuff as well in it. Yeah, and there's like, what's your date? What's your date of birth? Where were you born? And but, is it? But also, like, they'll tell you something at the start of the HIA assessment, and then five minutes later at the end of the HIA assessment, they will ask you to. Re- they'll say, "Remember a garden gnome, could you, pot of flowers." Could people stick? And, and it's what, and it's how you do compared to your baseline test. So if you faked your baseline test as being really. Th- <laughs> yeah, well, this is a thing, isn't it? This is do you reckon that, that's what 100%. they do? I, I know it for a fact. For a fact. Uh, so I thought I the baseline... To tell me that. I did think the baseline test was an old version of it, and I thought they had a, a more objective new assessment. Well, here's the thing, right? No, let, let's, let, let's just... Let's not beat around the bush anymore. Or let's beat around the bush some more. Who knows? Um, <laughs> are we going? Are we playing US Eagle or Lady Spread Eagle again? <laughs> well, so, <laughs> if we could get some listeners, right, to meet us on the Saturday morning before it all gets rather heavy. We could do baseline scores on five of them and then repeat the test on Sunday morning. It'd be quite interesting to see if this makes any any difference whatsoever. Hmm. I mean, obviously, if it doesn't make any difference, it's terrible podcasting. But if it does, there we go. Yeah. Uh, well, it's another one for the brainstorm list. Yeah, we'll we'll mull that over in the week. <laughs> no, that's not, I wasn't knocking it back. I was going, there's, there's something there. There's something there. <laughs> there is, isn't there? Uh, right, listen, thank you very much for listening. Oh. If you've got to this point... Oh, go on, Jay. I've just got one last thing. Yeah. Thank you so much for everyone who sent in CVs and applications for being an extra squad member down here at the Rugby Podcast. Um, if... If you've sent something in and not got back to you, it's not because we, uh, we, we're going to get back to everyone that applies because it's just polite. Uh, but the reason we haven't is because we've got Romania up and running and the project we're thinking of doing with, with these new people will not really be happening for a couple more weeks. Is that right, Tim? At least a couple more weeks, if not a couple more months. Yeah, and this, might, this might not mean anything if you, do, if you didn't see the tweet relating to this so yeah. check twitter whatever yeah yeah so yeah, 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 yeah. squad member if, if you want to join in you live in manchester you like pro 12 please send us some details yes. we'll get back to you and we'll see where it goes from there thank you very much for listening um f- again f- subscribe on itunes and you will get the live podcast next week and every other podcast that comes after that uh, delivered straight to you as i said instagram egg chasers podcast itunes uh sorry uh, Twitter at Rugby Podcast and on Facebook as well uh, where we'll knock out information and pictures and videos and stuff so thank you very much for listening um, tell your mates go check out Raging Bull get yourself a Cornerstone Razor go to leovegas.com yeah, and, and, you'll be, and you'll be a happy man woman or child um, <laughs> although gambling's for over 18s obviously uh, Phil good work thank you Tim uh, JB top work
Thank you. In a bit. Where's I? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.